Welcome back to Our Street. Lynn Fisher here on a hot day with my buddy Kurt Elder. Kurt, are you staying cool? Lynn, I'm staying cool. Uh, hopefully this weekend brings some great relief because 120 degrees is too much. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So our show is called Our Street and we talk about neighborhood issues uh, mostly, right, Kurt? We try our best. Uh, neighborhood issues of all kinds, whether they be... Uh, very personal in nature, such as evictions or something more broad, uh, such as our conversation tonight. Yeah, so we we brought uh, onto the show, and I don't know if Gloria's been on the show before, but well, great, we appreciate you coming on. So uh, we wanted to talk about what's going on with Clinton. Have you give us some news or some, do that and tell us where neighborhood and then, uh, but start Telling us about yourself, Gloria. Well, my name is Gloria Eddins. I've lived in the Clinton neighborhood for going on about 30 years now. Been active in the Clinton neighborhood organization for a fair share of that, maybe 25 years, uh, depending on when you start the clock. Um, been active, been every officer there is in within Clinton neighborhood, whether it be a president, a co-chair, a chair, a sec I, I do not do secretary. I take that back. I do not take minutes. But uh, <laughs> treasurer, vice chair, been, been all those things uh, over the years and have always been a board member for a very long time. Clinton neighborhood is located in the heart of Lincoln. We start where the railroad tracks go on the north end, just south of Cornhusker Highway. And we go to where the railroad tracks used to be which is now the bike trail next to Peter Pan Park. We run from 17th Street over to 33rd. So that's our Clinton neighborhood. What's what's the south boundary again? Uh, the bike trail it used to be a railroad track there just beside uh, Peter Pan Park. It's Mopac. It's oh, just the Mopac. Mopac. Is that yeah. the bridge that goes over 27th? Yes, that's the bridge. Gotcha. And if, gotcha. if you uh, look at our logo, our logo was inspired by that particular bridge and the people that make up Clinton neighborhood. So gotcha. if you happen to catch our logo somewhere, that's the inspiration. Gotcha. Very cool. And then there's a, a, a business improvement district associated with your area as well. Is that right? Uh, yeah, there is. And we have the North 27th Civic and Business Administ uh, Civic and Business. I'm going to give up their official title, so correct that as you may. So is it an association? I'm like, we're always called Clinton Neighborhood, and um, we're an organization, and sometimes people use association. So just cognitive of not getting that wrong. Um, and that kind of runs along 27, so a lot of that business improvement district um, falls within that 27th Street business specific, so we kind of let them run the lead on, on those type of issues most of the time. A lot of times we... Uh, work in conjunction a little bit on opinions, but um, that's kind of where that falls. So, you know, so I've been involved with the Clinton neighborhood um, going back to probably 2006, seven, somewhere in that area when we had our mini PRT meetings over at the police station there at 27th and Holdridge. But in that time, you know, no, Clinton is a large area, but we can sometimes break it up into smaller pieces and whether you, you know, whether we view that, you know, whether it's going to be useful in this conversation, but 
know, there's the east half and west half along 27th, and then the north and south half is either go well along Bedley or Holdridge, roughly thereabouts. Yeah, so we always kind of say we have four quadrants, and that's divided by 27th and Holdridge and those dividing lines. I mean, we're all one neighborhood at the end of the day, but um, we try to get represented representation from each of the quadrants to make sure we're represented. And when we do different events or flyers, we're cognitive of trying to hit all the quadrants. And sometimes, you know, Clinton neighborhood sometimes varies a little bit by block, and sometimes it varies just a little bit by quadrant just by what issues you're seeing in that particular quadrant. So I know that your neighborhood has been active involved in many different ways and means across time, and and, and, and I'll cue on those, some of those, but if you could just give some kind of, I don't want to say brief, but if you want to give us just a history of how Clinton came to be and what are some of the defining pieces, and, and we'll, we'll start getting into issues and people and keep moving forward. Does that sound okay? Sounds fabulous. So Clinton neighborhood was um, organized in the 70s, the Lincoln wanted to put a northeast radial right through the heart of our neighborhood, really affecting that north um, west quadrant of our neighborhood. And uh, some women specifically gathered at a kitchen table and started saying, how do we stop the city from tearing our neighborhood apart and shoving this four lane radial street through the neighborhood? They also, in the same thing, wanted to save the library that at the time was at 27th and Y Street. It is now the building that houses Matt Talbot Kitchen for a little bit of history, if you're looking. That's an old Carnegie Library building. Um, if you're into that type of architectural history buff. Um, so they formed the Clinton Neighborhood Organization in that time to defend against the Northeast Radio. They lost the library, but they kept the street from going through our neighborhood. Um, by that time, the city had already brought up a lot of property to put through to put that street through and it actually kind of changed our neighborhood from owner occupied to rental occupied because when they put those back on the market developers bought them as rental properties and if you look at our history and especially in that area how it changed from owner occupied to rental occupied that's kind of what started it was that 1970s northeast radial that was supposed to come through we are as far as I know, I'm going to hold on to this claim to fame until somebody corrects me. We are the oldest active neighborhood organization in Lincoln. Yeah, I, I would hold on to that one too. It's mine. Can't take it away. <laughs> so, what are the so, most so, recent? Go ahead, Kurt. Okay. You no, know, I. You were on my uh, same page, same uh, page, Lynn. I just bring this up to date, but you go ahead and save the question. Well, so uh, Gloria, what are the most recent projects and maybe issues that your uh, neighborhood association is dealing with? I think we're a lot of our board members are active in affordable housing initiatives on attempting to get affordable housing across Lincoln. It's a huge, huge issue, and we see it in Lincoln. Matt Talbot came to the north edge of our neighborhood and they provide amazing service for residents of Lincoln that can't afford food. And even if you are housed, there's people in my neighborhood within my block that walk over there to get a meal because there's just no food in their house. So they're amazing service. But with that brought a lot of homeless people that people suffering from homelessness, I guess is how I should word that. Um, you know, and they sleep in our park or they line the the bike trail along the elevators over there. I'm sure Kurt will tell me what the name of that bike trail is. Uh, <laughs> Dangerous. 
Yeah, um, so they'll line there sometimes, so it creates another issue. So do we want people suffering homelessness sleeping on our park benches, or do we want them in a house? And, and how do we do that as a community? So that's an active role. We've kind of have a lot of volunteers participating in those type of, of meetings and conversations. We also are in a weird, our housing stock in Clinton neighborhood is old. Some of it has been well-maintained. Some of the rental properties have not. So when those come up, either they've been vacant for a long time and we know they need demolished, or um, they're just in such bad condition that a um, developer can buy it. A lot of those are being ripped out and turned into duplexes, which isn't um, bad necessarily, but when those duplexes are very, very large and unaffordable to the general population, they rent them um, per bedroom to college students. So they, they build these huge duplexes. And then we have a lot of college students in our neighborhood and we love them and like to collaborate with them. But when they take a single dwelling house, turn it into these large duplexes with the four bedrooms on each side, you're now kind of living next to an eight unit apartment complex compared to the single dwelling that was there. And those duplexes never seem to revert back to a single dwelling compared to a college student renting a house. When they move out, you might get more college students. You might get a couple, you might get a family, you might get, you know, it, it just varies by, um, what's going on compared to the tearing out the single ham family home and putting in a duplex. We're also getting along some of our major artilleries that they're really putting in some oversized apartment complexes compared to the feel of the neighborhood. And along 27th, that makes a lot of sense. But when they're getting into more of the single home dwellings, we wanna keep those single house dwellings. We spent a lot of time in the 90s uh, down zoning our area so the larger complexes couldn't move in right next to single homes. So there was more of a transition next to the major arterial should be a larger complex. And then once you move into the neighborhood, we're hoping for more single family dwellings. Um, we spent a lot of effort with that and we feel like that tide's kind of shifting because they're slipping in these large duplexes that aren't the intent of single homes or owner-occupied, and we want to keep our balance of owner-occupied and rental. We embrace our renters. That is not the question, but we want to keep a somewhat balance between the two. So just so our, our listeners can have a, uh, so they can put right-size their you know, feelings here. When, when we look at your percentage of owner versus renter, where are you at right now? Right, that's going to vary by a quadrant, but on a whole. I think we're at the clo really close 50% margin and somebody would have better statistics than I do. So do not quote that by any means. I'm sure Kurt knows them um, better than I do, but I think we've been running that 50% owner versus rental. And it varies on certain, certain years. We kind of have a higher turnover rate than some neighborhoods in our neighborhood. Sure. So, um, so that's kind of what's going on now. If I could just kind of tie back into, you know, what, how are you addressing some of those things? You had brought up housing addition, you brought up a, a, a tenure makeup, a few other things. So some of the prior programs throughout the history of the neighborhood, you guys have been really good about taking advantage of those programs, whether they be through first time homebuyer programs through um, New Works Lincoln, other partnerships, the old Pride Grant that used to do a lot of really good, good work. Um, when we look at some of those old programs, what were some of those things that really helped your neighborhood you know, keep its character 
and what programs you think are needed today. We're going to run into the break, so just feel free to start answering that, and we'll recap it and come back again. But when we look at some of those old things that worked really well for you, what were those programs that you really found useful? So NeighborWorks Lincoln is huge on buying a home, a first-time home buyer. Those home buyers are motivated and they're excited to live in a neighborhood. They want to be included as part of the neighborhood. So I can't say enough about NeighborWorks Lincoln and the grants and the money they put towards upgrading those houses when those people buy them. Um, I bought my home through NeighborWorks. My daughter bought her home through NeighborWorks and my son bought his home through NeighborWorks. So I can't say enough about them. Um, I missed the Pride Grant. We did a lot of work on my house um, with Pride Grant, whether it was just repairing doors or front porches. And I feel both of those programs have a trickle effect. So maybe I get new paint on the outside of my house and my next door neighbor is gonna get some new windows. Well, then the, next, the guy next to that wants to take a little bit of better pride in his house and maybe it's just a repair of a column on a front porch. But it has that domino effect of um, taking pride in where you live and that Clinton neighborhood isn't a stop on your journey, but the destination of I wanna be here. And I always think about those children walking to school and how they feel about when they're walking down the street to get to school, are they feeling pride about where they're at and they know it's gonna be a successful day or are they just feeling, oh, I'm here and this is not where I wanna be and how does that affect their mentality throughout a school day and how do you make it a great day from that moment? Well, I think it's about halfway through the show here. So Gloria, if you'll stand by and for our listeners, uh, don't go anywhere. We're gonna do a couple of messages and we'll be back uh, shortly. Welcome back to Our Street. Lynn Fisher and Kurt Elder here having a conversation about the Clinton neighborhood with Gloria Eddins, who's a longtime uh, member of the Neighborhood Association there. And so, Gloria, tell us uh, tell us more about uh, some of the historical things that uh, you can talk about in the neighborhood. What 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 have you done in the past that you're real proud of? Um, have you had any events and those sorts of things? Every year. Um, we do the Clinton cleanup and Clinton neighborhood is known for tires and we joke about it a lot, but I do think Clinton neighborhood somehow grows tires on trees. So every year we get all the tires out of the neighborhood. Um, that's always the first Saturday in June. Um, and we have trucks that go down every single alley, every single street. We pick up all the large rubbish that a lot of times the uh, trash haulers won't take and clean up our neighborhood. And it, it is so much fun. My kids take the date. My kids are all adults. FYI, I have four of them for anybody who doesn't know me. Um, and they ask for that date so far in advance so they can take it off because we have so much fun. We have volunteers that come back every single year to help us sort tires. This year, Lincoln Fire Department helped us out and Lincoln Police Department helped us out. We had both of them that were throwing tires. We've had our current mayor has thrown tires with us. Um, we've had city council members throw tires with us and we have a competition for who can find the first toilet because every year we find one. And one year, the mayor, she wasn't mayor at the time, but she did find our first tire that particular year. Um, so we have that going every single year and excited to have that. And then other events, we've had a history walking tour in the north uh, west quadrant and we just walked through the neighborhood and things that have happened over the years. Um, most of our houses in Clinton neighborhood are about 100 years old. If you go back 100 years, it's in, it's um, you have some interesting conversations of what's been in that house and what hasn't been in that house. We also uh, spoke with the African-American lady that talked about buying the house and the redlining that was 
in existence when she bought her home and I got my little history lesson that I never learned in school that I just didn't know happened in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, we have another, it, we're calling it a, a walk. It's similar to history walk coming up in September that we're going to go to turbine flats, the Bay. And, um, uh, there's another business there that the name escapes me cultural. I can't think of the name of it. I apologize. So we like to do those. Um, currently our membership is way down and it's hard to pull off events if we don't have the people to run those events. So in years past, we've had neighborhood grill outs in certain blocks throughout the neighborhood. Um, we've had holiday banquet in the fall to um, winter time. But um, those type of things are kind of on hold right now due to membership. Kurt, let me just follow up real quick and then you can segue. Me too. But so on the tire cleanup or the cleanup for the neighborhood, do you get a grant to pay for the collection of the tires how does that work for other neighborhoods yeah so um we go through lincoln lancaster county keep america beautiful they give us grant money they do have a limit on the amount they can pay for tire specifically renewal but so far to has been a great partner and they've always discounted the tire removal um, partially because we delivered them to them and we stacked them really nicely <laughs> So, um, but Tio has has been an awesome partner for us on that. And the rest of it is all funded through um, the Keep America Beautiful campaign, along with donations of people who are bringing stuff to me. We always ask if they can help contribute. Great. Thanks for that information. So, Kurt, go ahead. Yes, yeah, segue though. You no, know, during the break, we're talking about membership and leadership and future goals and actions. And so we've all on this you know, conversation, we've all been part of neighborhoods at some level. We've either been starting them our own or building them and getting the right people to show up. is just sometimes just, it's just like pulling teeth. That's tough just to get someone to listen about. This is why it's important. Tell us about how you in the past have reached out to members or at least potential members being like neighborhood members and, and then how have you converted those people from interests into actually come to the meeting? Maybe that's, maybe the easier question is that why do people choose to come to your meetings and get involved? I think people who come to our meeting love this neighborhood. Clinton neighborhood is such a great place to live, work and play. And there's no doubt about it. The, this, this little piece of the world has my heart and soul. And that's why we come to the meeting. And that's why we continue to come to the meeting. It's one of the most diverse neighborhoods in the entire United States of America. You might have a neighborhood that has a high Asian population. You might have a neighborhood that has a high African-American population across the United States because of the refugees that um, come to Clinton neighborhood and just the diversity. There's at one time 30 different languages are spoken at Clinton Elementary. Um, you just don't find that across the U.S. like we do here. So that's why people end up coming to our meetings and staying at that meetings. And I will tell you, every neighborhood organization in Lincoln is struggling with membership. People are busy. In today's society, you are both income-driven households. If you're not working one job, you probably have at least one job. A lot of people have a second job. We also struggle a lot of parents with children. They don't necessarily want to bring their children to the meeting. Um, we're working on daycare options for those type of things. Um, we also have a language barrier. If, if English is not your first language, is a meeting that's speaking English 
the place you want to be. And then that cultural awareness. And even with renters, you're welcome at the table. We want to have your voice at the table. And I've said before, sometimes they see Clinton neighborhood as a stop in their journey instead of a destination. If they are just seeing it as a stop and I'm just working the program so I can get out of this neighborhood, they don't take pride in it and they don't necessarily want to come to a table to talk about it um, because it's just a stop on their journey. So it's changing that mentality. We do a lot of things. We're always working and always welcome to new ideas for membership. We go, we set at tables a lot, like if Clinton Elementary, who their the elementary school's border kind of aligns with the neighborhood border, which doesn't happen with the junior high or the high schools or bigger districts. But the elementary specifically pretty much aligns with our borders. So they have an open house, we go to that, or to party in the parks or any of those type of events. If we have the volunteers, we're setting up a table to just talk about our neighborhood and a great place it is and to invite them to a meeting. We're definitely shifting our mentality on, I think the older, I don't wanna say older, I said older, the older generation sometimes said, no, you've gotta come every single month or you're not gonna be part of this group. And we're really shifting that mentality. If you can come to this meeting, come to this meeting. Your opinion is important to us and we want your voice heard. Um, and that just takes a, a shift in our bylaws and in our, in our way of doing business that we gotta accept people are busy and that they don't always have time to show up to a meeting. Everybody's doing the best they can and we need to afford them some grace. So if they can come, we always meet the first Monday. That's one thing we do. First Monday of every month, 7 p.m. It's been that way for as long as I can remember. It's gonna stay that way as long as I'm involved because I think the consistency helps people to know where we're at and where to find us. So the second part of that is you meet every month, but where do you meet at? So currently we're doing a little bit of two different options. So um, even months, we meet at Salvation Army at 7 p.m. Odd months, we've been meeting at, on Zoom. Um, when COVID hit, we started meeting on Zoom all the time. Then we switched to this kind of both to try to attract some more people. Maybe some people prefer Zoom, maybe some people prefer in-person. We find the conversation is better uh, in-person and so we're kind of looking at next year that we might go back to all in-person. We'll see how that fishes out. But right now, um, odd months are on Zoom, even months are in-person at the Salvation Army. So I know that we are getting closer in time, so I just want to get more on this, you know, getting members in and you know, before we swap over to the, just the leadership. There's so much that you have capacity and time to do. Um, what resources would, would you need to, then to like get out of the gear you're in or just find a new path with a new, new method? You know, what is it that you need just to get your message out? What's missing? Is it just straight money? And I think that's, that's it. It's getting the message out. How do you, we used to do flyers. Um, we would go door to door, deliver those flyers. That is incredibly volunteer intensive. We had the money to print the flyers, which does cost a lot of money. And for a neighborhood organization, we are, I praise the people who came before us that they left us with a little money in the bank. Um, so we still have the money to print the flyers but we don't have the money to do a direct mailing. That would be outrageous. And how do you accomplish that? So we've always relied on volunteers. Well, this last year, one of our volunteers, the one who coordinated it all, had a medical issue, 
and boom, we were done. We couldn't get those flyers out because he was the one and only person that had the time and the capacity to get that done and to coordinate the hundreds of volunteers that helped him deliver those newsletters. Um, so now we're looking at how do you get your message out? We have a social media page, CNO Lincoln, it's on Facebook. We have a website. We're not the best at putting up to date, you know, getting the message out on new stuff. We're working on that. Um, but again, it takes volunteer hours to make that those things happen. And when you're short on those already, it's hard to recruit more because you need the volunteers to recruit the more. I know that uh, each month at Mayor's Neighborhood Roundtable, there's a variety of topics that you might learn more about. I'm sure that this is just a cathartic piece of every meeting of well, how would you do something? And sometimes the, the neighborhoods that are lucky enough to get people to come in and it's working for them, they make it sound so simple, but it's not that simple all the time. Uh, I have a couple in mind that are like that. But with that in mind, just in our last little bit, we can swap over to leadership. You have members now, you know, and you have some leaders that are older. How do you pass that baton? How do you make it so that, you know, the one person who does who uh, does the newsletter just isn't your sole linchpin? Um, how do you train leaders uh, when you have a lack of inflow? What happens when you want to retire or move away? But you will never I'm, move away. You can't. I'm never moving. You're. This is it. I bought the house. I, my starter home is my forever home. Um, my thing is I had a bunch of kids and I'm training them to take over for the cleanup when I'm gone. Isn't that sad? Um, and, and I think we're struggling and that's where one of our weaknesses and we have to admit that, but that it's really inviting somebody in and not holding it all on to yourself and sharing those duties and, and delegating to some degree. But again, it comes back to, you have to have the volunteers to even begin to delegate and you have to have the volunteers to be able to pull in, but it's accepting people of what they are interested in. So my kids, they all own houses in the neighborhood. Um, we call it Edin's Edge over here, if anybody is questioning that. They all kind of live on the same block. Um, but uh, they love the cleanup. They've loved it since they were little. And I know when I pass away or I can't do it anymore, they will take over for me. But that's because they're passionate about that. They don't want to do delivering of flyers. They don't want to go to a meeting every month. So it's finding somebody that's excited about those things and willing to do those things and, and tapping that potential. How you do that, we're not the best at it. We don't know everything, but we're learning as we go and we're willing to change things up to find the right answer for that. Lynn, I just have one more question. Do you have anything that you want to throw out there? No, go ahead and then we'll get some information about contacts. Exactly, so we have about two minutes before I do that, so this might be a quick answer. When you look at the future of the Clinton neighborhood, uh, let's say 15 to 20 years, you know, things are going to change. Um, what's the, what do you want the neighborhood to look like or what would you like to persist in the neighborhood in that time? I will say time and time again, Clinton neighborhood is a great place to live, work and play. So no matter what that looks like in the future, if I can still say that, then we're doing our job right and that's the neighborhood I want to live in. Fair enough. So Gloria, tell us, tell our listeners particularly if they're interested in helping out if they live in or near that area and they want to be part of the part of the uh, solution to these issues that we're talking about how do they contact you or the neighbor association and i'm assuming you have a website yeah our website is uh, cnolincoln.org but honestly to get the most up-to-date information from clinton neighborhood i would go to their facebook page and that's facebook.com backslash cnolincoln 
you can message on that to get somebody to respond to you that would be me but um if i pass that on ever you can um message on there and somebody will get back to you we accept people from the entire city of lincoln as volunteers or to our table and appreciate any help well that's terrific and so gloria thanks for your time thanks for sharing what you do there in the clinton neighborhood and uh we'll hope to have you back on the show again sometime thank you so much for having me i appreciate it you bet. Well, thanks to our listeners again for spending 30 minutes with uh, Kurt and I here about neighborhood issues. And uh, for Kurt, this is Lynn saying we will see you next week.